0: Welcome back to the Irish Bears show. Again, I am joined on a Wednesday night by my good friend Anthony and also we're joined by Graham. First of all, Anthony, how are you getting on? It's been, what, a week now since we've been talking Bears? I know, yeah. Until about an hour before we come on the show today and finally a little bit of news.
1: Yeah, yeah, they were trying to keep us quiet, weren't they, man? Considering the last few weeks, they decided to try and rip out the little bit of hair I have left on my head. They've tried video not to us, so yeah, it's been pretty quiet. But sometimes it's good to be quiet. And as you said, uh, interesting development in the last hour, hour and a half.
0: Yeah, it's always the way that right before you come on, something something happens. Look, it's good that it happened right before the show because we can talk about it. Uh, how are you getting on there, Graham? Again, uh, lots of lots of stuff going on with the Bears always.
2: Absolutely. Good evening to you both. Absolutely. So there's always something going on, isn't there? There's always always something um, behind the scenes or or, or on the mainstream news. Um, You just surprised me with the Cordaro Patterson news, actually, possibly visiting the um, Atlanta Falcons. Um, Absolutely great news for him. Um, I'm surprised uh, that we haven't re-signed him, but it doesn't look like that's the case.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, guys, just remember to follow us over on our YouTube channel. Again, we're here live pretty much every Wednesday night, and we generally will have a show on either Fridays or Saturdays as well. Again, we'll have one, Anthony. You'll be joining me this week with Aaron Lemming on Friday. Um, so just make sure that you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Again, going on that Cordero Patterson news, Anthony, it's, it's an interesting one that He's it's It looks like there's going to be a big shakeup in the wide receiver room. So we've already seen with Cordell Patterson going to Atlanta, we've heard the reports last weekend that <coughs> Miller is likely to get traded as well. I know we've heard that report previously. You'd probably expect another guy to go, probably be Javon Wims. So I guess how much different do you think this wide receiver room is going to look? Because when you look at the wide receiver room now, it's pretty much just Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney.
1: Yeah, I think everyone forgets about Riley Ridley as well, but I don't think yeah. he's liked it all, to be fair. So I think you can add him to the list of uh, of likely out the door. I, I think it's interesting. I think the one that, that stands out from around a month ago, whenever we talked about Galladay, I think that always stuck in my head. About that, was a, that was a real shot at, at showing that, the, that they weren't happy with the wide receiver room. Um, and I know people say Cohen can do a bit of gadget stuff, but... I think they will go. They will go into the into the draft and, and pick someone out of there, or else look at free agencies, because um, I think there may be some free agencies still around uh, at the end of the draft that, that might pick a quick, small deal for a year, a year kind of thing. And I think that's where you'll find. The other one is is what kind of what kind of mood is A. Rob in? You know, like that, that's something that that is absolutely that hasn't been decided <laughs> because it's all well and good saying A. Robs are 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 like wide receiver one, but. Does he really want to be here? Is he really going to put it in? It's interesting times in that room, really, isn't it?
0: Yeah, that's the biggest thing. And look, I'm going to bring this this into you, Graham, because it, it's always a hard one when you do have a wide receiver or any player that's really coming back on the franchise tag, especially when there's not really that much talk of a long-term deal being done. Because, I, look, I remember being on a podcast a couple times throughout the year and wondering look it, it, surely this deal has to get done he's one of the like the best players on offense and he's one of the mo- more important players on your team and yet it just drags on and drags on and it's very hard to think that he actually is going to get a long-term deal with the way the two sides have actually kind of worked with each other
2: well absolutely i mean you look to last last season as well alan robinson he's he's, he's proved he's proved consistently throughout the years um that he's been a Top ten wide receiver, top five even possibly, um, and to not get the deal done, and are quite right to question his, his attitude this this coming season. Is he going to be up for it at all? You know, um, I think going into a one year deal possibly, he's going to be looking for to the future, and he doesn't want to get injured. And it, I'm not saying Alan Robinson is the type of guy that not to put 100 percent in, but you know, I think it's in the back of your mind that there's a possibility that that could happen. Um, and when you look at all the other wide receivers we have. Um, in the room, um, Anthony mentioned Riley Ridley. You know, he's not got much, much of a chance either. He's he's not had much of a chance. Um, I think he'll possibly be gone along with, uh, with Wims. Wims will probably go, and probably Miller as well after uh, what happened in the Saints game. Um, so I yeah, think there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of moving that's going to be done. I think um, to improve you know the, to improve the wide receiver room for next season because Dalton, if he is going to be the QB one next season, he's going to need some weapons.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting one there, actually, when you think about it, Anthony, because you look at what happened to Alan Robinson before when he was with Jacksonville, that he was one of their best performers, and then in his contract season, he gets injured and tears his ACL, and ultimately probably cost him maybe a long-term deal with the Jacksonville Jaguars, but also that it may have cost him a little bit of money and security when it came to the free agent market. Look, he signed a three-year deal for a reason because he knew he was going to be able to get to a certain point. When you see, I always wonder when one of your big free agents only signs a kind of a two- or three-year deal because you would expect a player of Alan Robinson's stature that he would have been signed for four or five. So So that was always an interesting point to me and I always thought that was going to be a bit tricky because... sure what was going to happen was either you're going to be really successful and he'd want to continue on, or you wouldn't reach the heights and he'd be one of the few players on offense that would do really well. So, Anthony, do you think that he's going to have that at the back of his mind? And even though he may not, like, forcing himself to not play at 100%, that when something like that is at the back of your mind, you're not always giving it your all.
1: I think, I think if it was anybody else, I would be agreeing with you. I think A-Rob has shown to the Bears in, in those three years that he's not that type of player. Yeah, I know he had a bit of social media meltdown the end of, at the end of last season, but he still performed. Um, my, my 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 issue is this, that how quickly he did sign the tag when suddenly he was seeing all the figures coming in for all the yeah. receivers. So we actually ended up getting a bit screwed there because we ended up having to pay him his, his £80 million when we could have tried to have the conversation. And this is the bit I don't get, that we haven't tried a conversation about renewing him long term. And then that helps our cap space that helps our cap situation going into free agency, helps our cap situation going into the season, going into all these kind of things. And it ties him down and makes him happy. I, I just would worry that, that he, he the only thing I would say is about the injury element. He's had it before, as you rightly said, Karen at Jacksonville. And is that in the back of his head? Not the effort part. I think that's always going to be there and all this. But is there, is there going to be that one minute when it's like seven or eight games left of the season he still hasn't signed a Bears contract and he's thinking, oh, do I really need to extend myself that much to go to catch that ball because I know I'm getting paid because the cash yeah. situation is going to get fixed massively next year with all the TV money? I, that, I just don't get it. I don't understand why we didn't at least offer him something, because that's what it looks like. It
0: looks like we didn't even offer him a penny.
1: And I mean, that's the pro- Absolutely. That, yeah, that's
0: the problem, is that at the start of the season, I think it was very obvious that Alan Robinson and his camp were open to doing a long-term deal with the Bears, and it wasn't going to be one of the absolutely crazy deals. Very similar to kind of what we saw with Keenan Allen and what he made. Yeah. And you look back at it now, and you, you just think, like, why the Bears wouldn't want to kind of Look, uh, I understand it to a certain extent because you look at what the Bears have to do anyway and we're complaining about having to let go of the likes of yeah. Kyle Fuller and probably would have been a lot more and if you're signing Robinson to a long-term deal, how does that affect it? But again, surely you'd want to keep the best players and we, we will be talking about it. The whole idea is that the Bears are trying to bring their resources from defence to offence. So the most important thing would have been to lock up their kind of main wide receiver one of the yeah one of the comments here Graham I think we've mentioned it a little bit was in relation to kind of Tariq Cohen that he'll be using the spot if if he's healthy that's a big that's a big one as well Absolutely. Um, but also says that that we probably will invest that wide receiver as well so in terms of I guess looking forward is there anything that you can see in terms of this Bears wide receiver kind of group that gives you a little bit of hope for 2021, even if, like right now, we have Alan Robinson and Darnell Mooney and we don't really know what else after that.
2: No, that's it. It's 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 quite a, um a worrying position actually going into the season. And I think that we will possibly um end up drafting maybe one, maybe two wide receivers to be honest. Um maybe in the later rounds. Um I think in the first in the first round we'll pick at twenty, is that right, Kieran? We'll pick at twenty.
0: Yeah, pick at twenty yeah, in the bro. first round.
2: So, I mean, I'm not sure whether you're going to go with a wide receiver after the Kevin White debacle a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you're possibly looking at the um, at the O-line at least to protect Dalton if he's going to be the number one QB. Um, it's an interesting situation with the wide receivers because if we've only got Robinson, as you say, and, and Mooney going forward, um, there's there's not a lot of depth there. If one of those goes down, you know, um, Cohen, possibly like Steve O'Dea said in the chat, he can play in the slot like Gabriel did a few years ago. It was quite effective. Um, but obviously, Cohen's coming back off a, a big injury as well. So there's no guarantees there. Um, you've got to look at, I think you've got to look at picking a wide receiver in possibly in the second or third round. Um, it's a tough one it is a tough one because I don't know why Pace thinks anymore because I'm I'm pretty locked with him at the moment Um, (laughs) it's anyone's guess that he could trade up to four for a long snapper who knows you know Uh, (laughs) yeah yeah.
1: look one one thing about Pace though man is that he gets the second third uh, second, third fourth, fifth sixth absolutely Um, yeah he's
2: he's been
1: on point too I think we do that. I think it, it's this is a this is a perfect conversation about whether if we don't get our QB in, in early rounds, and look, I've been on this show last week and I've been on Twitter all day and I'm, I'm literally going all in on four, going after fields, that's all I'm doing all day. But if we don't get that, if we're not lucky enough to get into that situation, this is a conversation that we look to trade down. And we look to try yeah. and get, get, yeah. our, get our proper conversation with our O-line, get a proper conversation about, about looking at wide receivers and then having... Really cheap ideas, like I was I was looking at stuff that's still out there, look, Antonio Brown, I get it, bit of a lunatic, but he's still out there, Larry, <laughs> yes? F- Larry Fitzgerald, yeah, he's probably the same age as me, but he's still out there, and, and, and those are there, should we then go after someone like that, if we're going to go in the first round after a wide receiver, yeah, white does scare me a little bit about that, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And you yeah, look last week. I think um, Willie Sneed moved, didn't he? Moved from the Ravens. I can't remember where he went now. But I think he would have been prime I, an, an ideal candidate really for to add some from wide receiver depth. Um, Sneed, I think he's um, I think he's been quite um, quite good over the last few years or so. So he could have been productive. But like you say, you've got to look at the um, possibly trading down if you don't get that number four spot. So yeah, um,
0: it, it's an interesting one because. Yeah, I, I see what you mean in terms of getting some veterans in. And th- Honestly, I do think that one will be brought in before camp, kind of like we saw with Ted Ginn where he was brought in a little bit right after the draft as well. Um, but personally, I think the only way that the Bears actually draft a wide receiver at 20 is if one of the top four falls. And that's the main thing. And really, it's the top three because you have the likes of Jalen Waddle, Jamar Chase, and Devonta Smith. And Jamar Chase is no way he falls. He should be kind of a top seven, top eight pick. Yeah. But because of the way the quarterback position is going, very similar to the last draft, that you do see the odd wide receiver fall. And there's a lot of being, there's a lot of people that have been talking about the likes of Jalen Waddle that has been won. And look, if he's there... Even if it's 17 or 18, you kind of have to contemplate moving up for a talent that way, that good. Now, when we look at it, there are options that you could either take a 20 or you could trade down. You have Rashad Bateman, which on a lot of boards, if you actually look at a lot of kind of big boards, he's in and around the 20th slot. So it would probably make sense. But then there's a lot of other players. So you have – I have I mentioned on the show la- last week kind of the wide receiver from Florida, Kadarius Tony. You have Rondell Moore um, from Purdue. Purdue. You have Elijah Moore from Ole Miss. Like, But then like you can go through the draft. And look, I, I had this conversation with EJ Snyder and Neil on Saturday. Um, wide receiver is probably the most – other than maybe offensive tackle, is probably the deepest position in the draft where – you could literally get a wide receiver in the fifth or sixth round that could be starting for you. And that's one of the benefits that I think that the Bears having a lot of late round picks, it actually does benefit them in terms of what they actually need. And it's probably a reason why we haven't actually seen wide receivers been brought in, because while they went for Galladay, I think that was kind of trying to get one of the big fish for for a year and kind of bring him (laughs) in if he played really well, you probably let Alan Robinson go and you re-sign yeah. Kenny Galladay. I think that was so, the that was the plan there. Now I think the plan is just they probably draft two wide receivers if they, if they still have the level of picks that they will have, which, look, I think you'll probably get something for Anthony Miller, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, but I'm still not sold that Akeem Hicks is on this team in 2021. I still think that a trade is very possible to happen. Um, But when we're talking about the draft, I think, well, wide receiver is very, very important. What we really kind of wanted to go on today in terms of the offense is all about the offensive line. We've spoken about kind of the high-end quarterbacks, Anthony, last week, we were talking about fields. We were talking about the likes of Trey Lansdor are probably the only two possibilities in the first round. And... The one thing is, if that doesn't happen, you need to look at the team now and you need to be able to build for for the future, right? And personally, I think if you can't get a quarterback in the first round, the only other viable option should be offensive tackle. Now, Mm. how... And I, I say this in terms of I think it should be in first round, but how early do you think it should be? Do you think it's right that no matter what, if a quarterback's not available... And one of the top, let's say three or four offensive tackles is for this show. I've kind of mentioned the likes of Christian Darisha and Tevin Jenkins. If one of those is available, do you think that the bears just need to go up and, and select their offensive <laughs> tackle? Or do you think that you can actually wait a little bit longer?
1: I think you can wait a little bit longer. I actually think interesting. I've been reading a little bit. that Darsha seems to be falling a little bit, yeah. which surprises me. So I might change my mind on it. I think Jenkins, I don't go up for. I think he comes to us at 20 and I'd be delighted with you ju- Look, I've been on the show again twice before saying Jenkins is my guy. I think he's just a beast. Um, I think he's exactly what we need. But that's because I never thought Dara Show would be available. And it just seems there seems to be talk about him falling for whatever reason. And I think if he's available at 12, 13, 14, 15, if he's still around there, I think you have to go up for him. I think he is a he is, that, he is a bit of a game changer in that line. But you look at the line at the moment and you look at the likes of Leno, Daniels, Mustafer, if you want to pick him, Effedi um, basically no one else really at right tackle. We kind of need to make a bit of a statement in that spot. Um, and I think Darso or Jenkins, but preferably just... I think the only reason I go up is for my boy at four. I think anyone else, I, I just... I'd like to see it come to us rather than us kind of panicking and showing away. And exactly for what you said a minute ago as well, by the way, giving away those last uh fifth round, sixth rounders, when there is so many wide receivers out there, I think that might come back to bite us as well. So, mm, I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one because, look, I've always been a big fan of Christian Darius. I was always one that, if it wasn't the quarterback, he was my number one option for the Bears at 20 my biggest problem has been is you you look at kind of some of the kind of the experts putting out their mock drafts and look it's mock drafts are always wrong so you kind of hope that they slip a little bit but you always tend to see Darshall go between kind of 12 and 17 and it's like it's one of those that every when I look at him he's one of those players in the draft that actually has the upside to be that kind of franchise left tackle so that maybe you start him on the right side in his rookie season but then the following year, he's your left tackle and you don't move him for the next 10 years. And that's why I've always been a fan of him. He he kind of suits the scheme that the Bears are running already. So it's just, it's one of those that I feel like if he was available that you kind of run up, like you said though as well, I would not be mad if Tevin Jenkins is their pick at 20 if the likes of Darsha, Rashawn Slater and Pinesu are all gone. I think I've only said that you possibly think of trading up for a, for an offensive tackle if you truly believe someone like Pinesu or Rashawn Slater is falling and they are a franchise left tackle that you just put in at left tackle from their rookie season and let them go. But like I've said previously, it's it's one of those that there is a lot of talent there throughout the draft that you can get someone later on. Maybe they won't start straight away but can come in and eventually be your starter. And you look at the Bears' offensive line coach, and he actually likes kind of working with some of these raw talents and makes them very good players in the NFL. So it's a very interesting one. Um, What's your opinion on it, Graham? Do you think that the Bears need to go offensive tackle in round one?
2: (sighs) Um, it's it's certainly been an issue. It's been an issue for the last couple of uh, couple of seasons, to be honest. So um, it can't hurt. Um, if like if like one of the guys uh, that you've mentioned there is um, available at, at twenty, um, or possibly like you say 13, 14, do you trade up for him if you believe him? He, he's the guy. Um, quite possibly, yes. Um, it's it's one of the most of the Bears needs, definitely, um, along with wide receiver. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if one of those guys is available and he already fits the scheme that the Bears are running, then, then it won't take that much to get him up to speed. So, yeah, absolutely go for it. Um, it's it, it all depends what pace is thinking. You know, I'm, I'm still not convinced that we're not going to be picking at four. Um, I think he could give away quite a lot to get to number four. So, it's all up in the air right now because um, <laughs> if he does trade up to number four and he gets his, 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 gets his QB that he wants, you know, then uh, everything else is... Um, sort of an afterthought. So say so if an offensive tackle's there, at, at say 15, six, 16 and 20 or whatever, then go for it. If we can't get that trade up to number four, um, as it is one of the biggest needs. So um, yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one, but um, I'll, I'll definitely pick um, an offensive tackle because it is obviously one of the greatest things that we need.
1: Yeah, I, it's think the, a, I think the bus the bus is filling, Karen. We're getting them all on yeah. board. Yeah, man. For the end of this, the end of this, in a couple of weeks before the draft starts, we will have half the Bears fans fan club just going 4-4-4. Four, four, four. That's what I'm thinking.
0: Yeah, on the on the on the live show for the first <laughs> <of the> round. <draft, laughs> what, what do you we, give away for the number
1: four pick? What do you uh, give away? The world, the what world, world, whatever they whatever they want. They literally. Yeah. Like, if Atlanta want God, I would have re-signed Patterson and given him Patterson as well. <laughs> uh, it's the, the days go by. It's just whatever you want, lads. Whatever you want. So you're not <laughs>
2: comfortable with Dalton then at uh, quarterback, then if you're saying that to me.
1: Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's fair to say that Andy Dalton's a good QB. Let's be honest. He, he's, he's reasonable. He is, yeah. reasonable. Is, he, is he going? Is he going to win you games? Probably. Is he going to get you more than? I can't do the maths anymore because he used to be 16. So is it going <laughs> to be 9 and 8 or 10 and 7 at best? But straight away, if you sign fields, A Rob will want to renew. You sign fields, suddenly other players out of the blue will want to turn up at Chicago. It'll yeah. have much of a kick. Of more importance, our fan base deserves it, man. Our yeah. fan base deserves
2: our, our fan base definitely deserves um the, for the franchise qb that we've been crying out for for years i think forever really <laughs> to be honest yeah um, the, 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 the biggest... all, all, all Bears fans out there have just been have been through the ring over the last 20 years or so it's just been ridiculous so absolutely we do deserve that but whether he trades up for four and gives away the house who knows
0: yeah the biggest thing that i that i've always said is the fact that if they do trade up for four, or look, I'll read out kind of a little story that I was reading earlier that might be a little bit later in the draft, but you bring it in a rookie this season is completely different to when we brought in Mitch Trubisky because if you wanted to keep Nick Foles and you wanted to keep Andy Dalton, you actually could get around it if you're not expecting to win that many games this year. And then you have a perfect scenario for a rookie quarterback where – you literally tell them you're not going to be playing this year because if Dalton goes down, Foles is in and all you need to do is learn exactly the way the likes of Patrick Mahomes, yeah, exactly the Mahomes yeah. and the Chiefs. And that's what you need to and look, let's say it was Fields and they trade up everything and know there'll be people complaining that, oh, he's not even going to get a chance this season. Mm-hmm. But look, at the end of the day, you're going to have Andy Dalton who's been to the playoffs so many times with the Bengals, who's made Pro Bowls. You're going to have Nick Foles there who's won a Super Bowl. Like, it's probably the perfect situation that we've ever had for a rookie quarterback to come in. I feel like you bring in a rookie quarterback and you look at that quarterback room and as a Bears fan, you actually are quite content with it. I think without a rookie quarterback and you look at it and you're annoyed because there's no there's no plan. There's no plan going forward. And, and that's just the way – that's kind of the way it is. Look, one of the things I wanted to kind of mention is just I was reading a piece from – from brad biggs this morning and it was in relation to the bears trading up and one of the quotes that he mentioned was i think the story hasn't been told as to how this depth chart will shake out i don't believe they're going to roll with dalton and no one else that has much chance i think they're looking quarterback in round one if a guy falls and they can make modest a modest trade up for somebody they like absolutely that is something they're look they're going to look at now Brad Biggs is probably one of the most clued-in beat reporters. Yeah. That. He's the one that kind of... Him and probably Adam Johns are the ones that kind of break the most in relation to the beat reporters and the Bears. And the fact that he's coming out with the fact that they're willing to kind of move up, even if it's to... I think they were kind of mentioning kind of closer to like 10 and like 9, a somewhere around that area. But look, mm. I think... I think if the Bears put out feelers for, for there we'll but find that the guy that they want is going higher, they probably would still do a deal there. It's, it's a really interesting one. I, I saw a very funny tweet today where they were mentioning how no Bears representatives were at the second pro day of Justin Fields, and that just makes me think that Pace wants Justin Fields because yeah. it's, the exact same, it's the exact same thing as what they did for Trubisky. They didn't want anybody to know that they were even close to going for Bullock. I also feel like these second pro days don't really mean that much. You saw them once already, and that's all you really need to see. Yeah. Once you get to see them in person, that's all the pro days are for because we have to remember is that in terms of what actually happens on the field, it doesn't really matter. It just matters that they get to kind of hear kind of how fast that ball comes out of the quarterback's hands, kind of the Mm. the arm strength, how they are as a leader with the kind of guys around them, how a lot of them. Yeah, exactly. Think things like that. But once you've seen that once in person, you don't really need to see it again. Like yeah. you look at the most impressive pro day I think most people have seen was Jamarcus Russell. And we know what happened there. So the like that's that's the whole point is I think people are gonna overblow not going to certain pro days, but look, it's a really interesting one where I think all Bears fans quietly would really want them to move up and go get them. Look, if we're willing to go up and trade everything for Russell Wilson. And I mentioned it on the show on Saturday, the closest quarterback in the draft in terms of traits to Russell Wilson is Justin Fields because he's a dual track quarterback that doesn't just go with his legs that he's thinking pass first. And if everything breaks down, he can go off. He's not like when we're thinking the likes of an RG three type dual track quarterback that likes to run the ball. The one thing is look, the more people that say that he processes slowly and doesn't go through his progressions, the better news it is for, for other teams. And that's what, personally, I hope it keeps happening. I hope that when we go on live on draft night that the, the trade comes in then so we can lose our crap and <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: absolutely enjoy it during the time. I'd actually prefer that to happen on draft day rather than a week before. Because a week before, you have time to kind of yeah, thing, yeah. yeah. Uh, well i, I want... just want it to happen where nobody's expecting it and it just we're all seeing that it's coming down to like two minutes for atlanta tonight to make the pick and then suddenly there's a trade personally i want right. that and look like like you said graham sir how how much to pay i always say no price is too rich for if you're going to get your franchise quarterback. If you miss on your franchise quarterback, and it's like we've seen with Trubisky, yeah. most people get fired, not Ryan Pace. Uh-huh. Yeah. But look, if you're going to let them go and give all this up for, for Russell Wilson, if the likes of Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy believe in a player like Justin Fields and can kind of convince ownership that this is the future, then I think that's, that's probably where the Bears need to go because – the most important position that they do need to fix over the next year or two is quarterback. And If you believe Justin Fields is, let's say even in another draft would be the top pick or close to the top pick, you're not going to get a top two or three pick in the next few seasons anyway. So you may as well go, You could, like we said, if you're sending first round draft picks, 50% of first round draft picks don't work out. So yep. even if you sent three of them, we look at some of the draft picks we've made in the first round and I think yep. I prefer to go up and take a chance on a quarterback. Exactly. Uh, there's no guarantees. Exactly.
1: And that's also the other other kind of unknown elephant in the room is it gives Mason Nagy a justification to stick around. So I think there's, there's a, they can tell a story on the back of that. Also, let's be honest, next season, even if we had Russell Wilson in our team, with, our, with the, the games we have coming up, we're, we're, we're going to struggle, man. Wow. So uh-huh. If we're going to dial it out, if there's one season we're going to dial it out and go, do you know what, we'll do well to win five games, four games. And that means then we'll, it's the season coming up and we'll then be left with a kind of rookie quarterback who's gone through his whole year progression under, as you rightly say, Karen, two really experienced quarterbacks. And then we're going into that, we'll be going into the draft with a much better position that we can solve some of our problems with that. Plus the cap space issue won't be as big a problem as it is this year with the TV deals coming through. Mm-hmm. I think if Maggie and Pace had a three-year contract, I think that deal would have already be done. I think I think it's it's that level. I think they it's it makes so much sense right across the board. The fans want it. I'm pretty sure the the general manager and the head coach want it, and it just makes sense for everything across what we're looking to do. I just yeah. wonder. Sorry, man. I just wonder whether at 20 in the draft is that too far for Atlanta to fall?
0: That's the biggest thing. I think that. It's it's, re- it's a strange one. That's why I think the Bears aren't going to make that trade just yet cause they do want to see how it shakes out, that if it comes on draft day where it seems like somebody is going to go up and look, they call everybody the day or two before the draft to kind of gauge what's going on. They know kind of what's happening. If they believe that their quarterback, whether it's Trey Lance or Justin Fields, goes in the top five, they'll try and get up there. But they're not going to do it too early in case, let's say, at four, Atlanta are sold on, they're going to pick Kyle Pitts. And then at five or six, you're going to see Penae go off or Jamar Chase. Well, at that mm-hmm. point, there's no point in trading up to four. You trade up to six or seven and yeah. you don't give quite, up, quite as much up. But if it turns out that there's teams calling Atlanta, well, then... You just have to offer Atlanta a little bit more. If it comes that on draft day, you can offer them four first-round picks if you wanted to because that's the maximum you can go to. And look, Atlanta do have to look at this long-term. Do you want to trade with a team that maybe you get a higher pick in this current draft but you then expect them to be a very good team next season where your picks for the next two or three years that the trade would be around – you're picking oh, in the teams exactly. versus the Bears, where you might be picking in the top ten, especially next year, because we've spoken about kind of the teams that the Bears have to play against. So there's a lot of factors. I do think it's it's a tough sell to get a team that's a top five to go all the way down to twenty, unless you're getting something absolutely ridiculous. And even when you can offer that, it's still it's still very difficult for a team that's so high up. To move down, but look, uh, it just depends, really. I think on what the trade package is, but I think we're probably not going to find out until very close to the draft what's going on. It's the reason why we haven't really heard any more buzz around that four position. I think, but, yeah, I, think, look, yeah. I, I don't think uh,
2: you'll probably hear anything until probably the draft night itself. Yeah, going into the first couple of picks. So
0: it'd be interesting to see if if Pace and Nagy like both. Justin Fields and Trey Lance because then they can be a little bit more calm with everything and they can actually take their time and when one goes, they can actually move up that way. I think, look, I think the way just reading Brad Biggs's article, it's definitely one of the premier options that they want to go for. I think if they weren't picking at 20 and they're picking at 9 or 10, the deal probably would have been done already because they could have done mm. it a lot easier. We just know how difficult it is to kind of move up from 20 all the way to four unless, like I said, you're giving up a, an absolute crazy amount. And look, it's it's one of those that we don't really know what's going to be going on. We mentioned before with kind of some of the offensive tackles. I've been looking at kind of some of the other mock drafts that have come out and have kind of come to our next kind of – to kind of round out the offense style of things here, but – The fact that Mel Kuyper, he mocked the Bears with Tevin Jenkins and Anthony Schwartz. Now, I don't really care about the individual players, but it's an interesting one where you go offensive tackle wide receiver, you go through two rounds of not selecting a quarterback. I'll give this one to you, Graham. What do you think the reaction would be like if the Bears went through round one, round two and haven't addressed the quarterback position?
2: Cool. Well, I
0: think half of the fan base is expecting them to address that quarterback position. Um, I
2: think um, I think most people will be quite angry in relation to that, because I don't think there's maybe, many see Andy Dalton as the future, uh, and quite rightly so. I'm saying he's a bad quarterback, but um, I don't know when you uh, when you've got a, uh, if you, you say if you can get a number to number four and get, a, get that QB, but uh, it's all ifs and buts right now, isn't it? Um. I, I really don't know, to be honest with you. Um, I don't know how the fan base would react. Would you pick, would you want to select a wide receiver in the first round after what happened with the Kevin White debacle? I mean,
0: well, it depends because I think it's probably easier to select one in the first round when you're at twenty than when you're at seven. Because I think if Kevin White was picked with a twenty fourth to twenty fifth pick, look, I've seen the likes of. What was it Presad so Perryman that was selected by the was it the Ravens that was in the in the same first round? That was just a pretty poor wide receiver draft class. I think at this point you look at it and if like if the likes of Jalen Waddell or someone like that fell, I think you or let's say Devonta Smith was falling. I think it's crazy for you not to pick someone that might be at the higher echelon a player when it, you get to twenty. But, what about and that, a, what about an
2: Elijah? An Elijah Ward, say? Would you would you select him first in the first round?
0: Uh, it's it's difficult um, because do you mean Elijah Moore? Is it Elijah Moore? But, but, yeah. But, yeah. So yeah, so, like I like I like Elijah Moore. I'm not entirely convinced. Sold on him? No. Like if he look, what I I would what I would do is I would definitely trade. Up in the second round to get Elijah Moore because I think he is he's very similar to me in terms of the draft positioning of T Higgins last year where he went in the first couple picks in the second round and I think if the top five wide receivers or the top four wide receivers that we expect to go in the first round do so that would be the Jalen Waddle and Devonta Smith Jamar Chase and Rashad Bateman if they all go up into the in the first round in the first round I think the next kind of three or four you're looking at kind of Terrence Marshall, you're looking at Tony from Florida, which probably is there around 52. You've Rondale Moore from Purdue, which is just he's just kind of an athletic freak. And yeah. then you and then you have Elijah Moore, which look in his own right had a really good collegiate career. So I just feel like he's probably one of those that is going to be within that first five or six picks in the second round. And let's say you do get your offensive tackle and Let's say five quarterbacks go. You're not entirely sold on Davis Mills. You're not entirely sold on Kellen Mond. Then fine, take your offensive tackle and trade up for a wide receiver because if that's the case, you need to get as many options around Andy Dalton and Nick Foles as you can.
2: Absolutely, yeah. Especially like we said earlier um, earlier on this evening with the with the wide receiver group. When you're just looking at Robinson and Mooney, it's it's vital, really. You know, if if Dalton is to succeed this season, then you've got to give him the weapons um, around him and also that protection as well. So if he's your guy, you've got to go all out and do what you can for him.
1: It'd be interesting what people thought if you flipped it. So if you put the wide receiver in round one and you put the offensive tackle in round two, I actually think people would be more pissed off with that. I think
0: they'd
1: be be happier because everyone everyone is talking about the O-line because I think... We, we, as Bears fans, like looking back at last season, and now we shouldn't look back. Looking back last season, the last four games where we won has actually put us in this position. Then. Yeah. one, we would have had a better draft pick, everyone that understands. But two, we, we suddenly believed we had a running back scenario that was going to be this unbelievable savior of all seasons. Instead of looking at who we were playing against, do not get me wrong, I'm a Monty fan, I think he's a sensational player. I just think it was the same sort of O line that we had in those last four games. That then didn't produce again against, against um, I can't believe I forgot the team we played in the playoffs. Saints. Oh, Saints it's, thank you. Didn't didn't perform again against the Saints. And it's the same guys in that list. I personally, if you have that freak of nature in the likes of, of a Jenkins, or God, if Tharashaw is still around, that makes me feel better. And then I'm looking at round two going, yeah, do you know what? What what wide receiver do we get? And all in the back of my head going, Mooney was in round three. That's... Round five. Oh, five, sorry, that's yeah. way with it there. So, like, and, and this wide receiver class is decent. So, I think it's, it's. It, I just would think that the fan base would go ballistic if you flip it the other way. If you put wide receiver one for a Bateman, now I get it. If Waddle is around, I get that. I do understand that. But if it's Bateman at 20, for argument's sake, then I think the fans go, Well, what the hell? This is the exact same as, Waddle.
0: yeah, absolutely. But it, it's an interesting one because. We talk about wide receiver and offensive tackles being two of the big needs on the Bears team heading into the draft, and yet you actually look at it and they are two of the strongest positions in the draft. Because I can say, let's say one of those wide receivers falls, and let's say it's Jalen Waddell, right? You can then look at the offensive tackle position, and you have the likes of Liam Eichenberg from Notre Dame, Jalen Mayfield from Michigan. I, know there's, I think the weirdest prospect is probably Samuel Cosme from – Texas, because some people have them in the first round, some people have them in the second round. You have Jackson Carmen from Clemson, Alex Leatherwood from Alabama, and then Spencer Brown from Northern Iowa, who all I expect probably get picked on day two. And from kind of when you look at it, I wouldn't be surprised to see there's always that position where someone, um, where basically somebody or one position just starts getting picked really high and you start seeing a run on that position. And I can easily see that uh, offensive tackle in round two. So I feel like it's one of those that while it's deep, I think if you don't get your offensive tackle early, you may end up having to reach for an offensive tackle in round three or round four, where they would normally be kind of the end of the fifth round. But like, like I said, there's a lot of very good talent. Like, I you kind of can go through the list, but one that I was kind of looking at a couple of um people online kind of breaking down their tape for the offensive tackle from Nebraska, Brendan James. He's one of those that's just an athletic freak. That if you, I think the perfect scenario would be if you drafted an offensive tackle in round one or round two, and then you also drafted him in round five because then or round four or five, if you can get up into the fourth round, because you then have the possibility of whoever you would select early and James to actually be two of your offensive tackles moving forward. This is the perfect draft that I think if the Bears can't get their quarterback, that you really shore up your offensive line and your wide receiver position. And then if that's the case, you then have to then go all out and get your quarterback next year. I think you have two options there. You either go... Quarterback early, try not to give up as many picks this year and maybe give future picks and then try and kind of bring in your wide receivers or offensive tackles because this year is very odd for offensive tackles. Normally we're talking about kind of the five or six offensive tackles. This year it's probably the most athletic group that we've seen in probably six, seven, eight years. So I think it's it's one of those years that you kind of do need to get your guy if you're struggling on the offensive line, which the majority of teams in the yeah. NFL all right, so that just shows you just how important it actually is. I wouldn't be surprised to see some of these guys that we're expecting to go into the teens actually go a little bit higher because teams that may not want a quarterback or have already got their quarterback are going to go offensive tackle. You're looking at the Panthers who again trade for yeah. Sam Darnold. I'd be surprised if they don't go for either a wide receiver or a, quad- or a offensive tackle because sure. it, it's just one of those. I think. When you see the strengths of the draft, and while yes, we can say, well, it's very deep, it just depends how early those players get picked up. We've seen it in other years where suddenly there's a run on tight ends or suddenly there's a run on corners. That's a that's a really big, big one there. And look, I, I mentioned this last week and I'll bring you in for this one, Anthony. First of all, the the defense. So we've have spoken we've spoken enough about kind of the Wide receiver and offensive tackle position. We know how important those are. The other problem I think is we're gonna have is on defense, and I'm gonna split this up kind of into three categories. And I'll give you kind of the, the front seven. Um, first of all, Anthony. We've seen now Eddie Goldman is gonna be back. We still have Bilal Nichols, you still have Roquan's, you still have Roquan Smith and you've Danny Drevayton kind of there. We're looking at kind of Khalil Mack and we're looking at Robert Quinn. But then there's this kind of big question mark over will Akeem Hicks be on this team in 2021? Will or will he get traded at the draft? The fact is that the fact that the Bears asked Akeem Hicks that he can go and look for a trade still makes me think that if a trade materializes or is out there, that the Bears would do it. Oh, yeah, he's gone. Definitely.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think it's I think it's gonna remember how long will Akeem actually be able to be a bear? As in, like the performance that he puts in, he's been getting injured quite a lot the last twelve months, and I think I think the cap hit as well is is decent that we we gain back on it, and I, I think that's those two things together points. And as you said, Karen as well, perfectly well. They want to get him out, not because they want to let him go. It's because they don't think they have a choice.
2: Exactly. I think,
1: I think right. Eddie Gold. I think Goldman coming back. Is, is people go? Yeah, I think we do all right. I think this season or this year, we're looking at offense, and we're almost accepting the sacrifices we have to make on defense. On it, mm-hmm. um, you saw that with Fuller, and, and again, I think I think you're right. I think Hicks will go. Um, where to? I don't know because you can't you can't restructure his contract because I don't think he'll be healthy for two three seasons. Um, I think the longer the long time you restructure a contract like that, the more difficult it'll become for any team. And we've already got enough of them, kind of hanging around for for a few years on. I think I think Hicks is, unfortunately, even though I really love the guy and we'll we'll it'll, we'll miss him. I think he he probably is out the door. I just wanted
0: to I just wanted to mention something really quick as I kind of scrolled through, um, Twitter while we're looking at this as well. Is there was Ohio State did just put out all the pictures from. Justin Fields pro day, and right in the background there is Matt Nagy looking at him. So what we, what huh. well, all the reports earlier that <laughs> there was no he bears, be there. yeah, that there was no bears representatives there yet. All the pictures coming out from Ohio State has Matt Nagy watching him there, along with but I think Shanahan's
1: there too. Could he not have put on a mask or something, or could he not have put? On <laughs> a, oh, he does.
0: He, he has. He has a clothing hot. or something. He does. He has a hat and a mask on. But I, again, it's uh, it's it's interesting that they've sent their head coach there because look, I think it's it's very obvious that you come toward like we're what two and a half weeks out from the draft now. You're probably not sending your head coach somewhere to kind of kind of throw away like what you're not really wanting. It's one of those that I think. Look, if you're considering going up for a player like Justin Fields, I think you're going to have to have your coach completely on board so you can actually sell this to ownership. I just wanted to bring that up just because earlier on, we did say that there there weren't any Bears um, representatives because that's what was reported, but we did have that. So so going back to kind of the front seven, I'll bring you in on this one, Graham. How big of a difference do you think it is? I know there's the possibility that Akeem Hicks may not be on this team, how big of a difference is Eddie Goldman coming back after being out for the season?
2: Oh, it's, it's, it's huge, Kieran. absolutely huge. You know, it was a, it was a big miss last season, and that was telling. You know, um, I, I, I do feel bad that Hicks will probably be gone because um, he's one of my favourite Bears, and I think he's um, been consistent throughout his years at, at Chicago. Um, but it, like um, Anthony said, it's, it's time probably to move on from him. And get that um, cap space back, and um, maybe a maybe a draft pick somewhere, you know. Um, but Goldman coming back um, after opting out last season, is not going to be just be good for um, the front seven. It's going to be good for for the whole defense, really. You know, um, my main concern is the um, is the secondary really uh, with Fuller going. Who do you replace him with? You know, um, that's one to look at as well, possibly in the draft. You know, after losing Clinton Dix a few years ago as well, we've not really sort of replaced him.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting one because I, I brought this one up last week just as to kind of go through the scenarios, Anthony. Um And I've kind of gone back on kind of looking at the tape on some of the first round corners. And I think I'm convinced that if the Bears do go corner, I do want it to be Newsome from Northwestern. It just, it, it's one of those, it reminds me of how, what was it, three years ago, Jair Alexander wasn't really spoken about as a first-round corner, and then the Packers go and get him late in yeah. the first round. It's one that people early on were talking about, oh, is he a second or is he a third-round pick, then gets kind of drafted in the first round, starts off at kind of the nickel corner and then ultimately becomes the outside guy. We saw the same thing happen with Kyle Fuller, where the Bears – Selected, I think they were at 19 or 20 at the time as well. They picked Kyle Fuller, um, and he started off at nickel, then moved out, out wide. How important do you think it is now that the Bears do bring in some more cornerback depth if they don't go in high in the draft? Because look, corner position's a weird one, there's some good talent you look at it in the first round, but the problem is. There's a lot of injury concerns with some of these corners. The one player that doesn't have that is, again, you look at Newsome from Northwestern. There's some other guys that are out there. But I know a lot of the first-round options, some are falling just because there are injury red flags there. How important do you think it is that they have to, they have to pick a cornerback at some place? Because, look, right now there's no nickel corner on the Bears team. No, exactly. Exactly.
1: Yeah, I, I think you're spot on, but I think if you, if you thought they were going to go mad with a first rounder being a wide receiver, yeah. if they go defence, I, I think there'd be people picking it outside oh. the stadium. Like it, it, look, if we're looking at a long-term perspective, and this is the really, and this goes back to our first conversation, Karen. goes back to that press conference, goes back to that whole, how that was structured, how everything is going on. It's put so much unnecessary pressure on people that it means that, the right decision may not be may not be made. The right decision might be get a proper cornerback in. The might the, the the decision might be get a pass rusher in, for example. That might be actually the best decision for the Chicago Bears for the future of the franchise. Um, but that's, yeah. We're not going to see that because we we have a whether you believe this or not, and we've had this conversation as well, Karen, The lads are under under a hot plate. They don't know. They have to make these big calls. I think, yeah we're in trouble with corner. I really hope that we get a bit more in the front seven, give him a bit more pressure to our f- to front line, really. A more pressure on QBs so that the corners don't become as open or as pressurised as possible. I think injuries, I think Jalen Johnson being a prime example, I think we're all hoping that he'll be the highest end in our secondary, but whether he's going to be fit or not to, to, to last a full season, I don't think he's had a full season now. Well, definitely with the Bears last year and in college the year before that, so... It is a worry. Of course it is. But I think we're giving up the, the the golden nuggets in the defense to go to the offense to try and slowly merge them back together because there has been a massive goal. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, it's something that people don't really talk about as much. And I, I've i only kind of been thinking about it the last couple of days as I've been kind of going through some of like tape on some of the defensive side of things. Because look, I think a lot of people have been focusing primarily on offense. You do have to look at some of the other prospects that are out there. And the interesting one is that unless you do go pass rusher in probably the first round or maybe second round, there's not actually a hell of a lot of great talent that you can say, okay, that's a day one starter. So then it makes me think of, well, what did the Bears do last year? Well, they moved up in into the fourth round to go and get a pass rusher. Now, while he didn't play as much this season in Travis Gibson, yeah. you have to wonder is – Is it a plan very similar to how they used kind of kind of some of their other kind of defensive players later on the draft recently, where we had Roy Roberts and Harris go into kind of the defensive line, not do much in his first season, didn't really get to play, and then from the second or third season on is starting to become a rotation player because you look at whatever pass rusher comes in, they really only need to be a rotational player because you're hmm. going to have obviously Khalil Mack is going to be playing pretty much. Well they he should be playing every snap under the under Sean Desai side because I think he's seen. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in the correct position as well. Exactly. We we don't need we don't need Khalil Mack kind of dropping go, into dropping coverage. back exactly. into coverage fifty percent of the time like he was doing on the Chuck Pagano. Just let him go after the quarterback and look if they do a little small throw where they get seven eight yards, we'll find but still put Khalil Mack just going after the quarterback. That's when he's most dominant. That's what you paid him all that money for. On the mm-hmm. other side with Robert Quinn, look, he's going to play because his contract dictates that he's going to play. And mm-hmm. we don't like to hear that because we always want to hear, well, it should be if you deserve to play, that that's it. It should be a meritocracy. But that's not the way the NFL actually works. Generally, the guys that make the most amount of money do actually end up getting a lot of playing time, especially – considering the Bears will want to at some point move on from Robert Quinn and trying to get something out of him is going to be really important so if you can get Travis Gibson to be a rotational player maybe he's better than selecting a player in the third round this year because really when you look through it there's not that much in terms of kind of players there when it comes to corner there's there's a couple of interesting prospects that I I kind of look at and when you go kind of further down the list and one that's always stuck out to me because he's, he played very well in college is Kerry Vincent jr. From LSU. Now he's a senior, but he's one of those combative corners that you could easily play in the slot if you wanted. Um, and I think it's things like that, that the bears are going to have to try and look at you look at kind of Marco Wilson from Florida. I know his, his brother got drafted in what was it, the first or second round a couple of years ago. Um, but The other thing, and I think you mentioned this one um, before, is the safety position beside Eddie Jackson. It's one of those that they're going to have to fix now. We saw the Bears were very good at picking later on. Remember, fifth-round pick was Amos. So you could see something similar again. Players that I've kind of looked at are the two Pittsburgh safeties. So you look at Paris Ford and DeMar Hamlin. I like Hamlin because he's kind of can play both positions. Is a very kind of in your face type safety. It's kind of what we need, um, but there's a lot of decent options. It's one position that I think this is where I kind of go a little bit crazy. If we went safety in the first round with the, the kid from T- TCU, because I've seen it in one or two mock drafts sending him to the Bears at twenty just because we don't have a we don't have a safety beside Eddie Jackson. But I think that would be a mistake because you can get. A safety to play beside Eddie Jackson and be average, and that's really all you need. You need someone that can make it easy for Eddie Jackson to play in the right position, where he doesn't have to do the job of kind of. We don't need to get another free safety to play alongside Eddie Jackson, which we've done in the past few seasons. We actually need to kind of help him out by getting that strong safety, and then it puts which him is, in the best position to the you know. Pardon? Which we can do later on in the rounds as well. Yeah, exactly. 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 <laughs> exactly. You need like that's that's look, that's the reason why Adrian Amos has been so good and the fact that he didn't have to play in that kind of free safety role that really all you have to do is kind of you kind of play in the box, make sure you're consistent with your tackling. You don't need to get a lot of interceptions because that's what Eddie Jackson's there for, but someone that actually fits well with what Eddie does. And I think that's the thing is the Bears don't have to go out and get the best safety on the board. All they have to do is one that actually fits the team. And that's kind of the biggest thing. And you look at for a lot of these defensive positions, the Bears have a good defense. We've seen it before. While some of the players are getting a little older, you can say at some point they're going to have to bring in an inside linebacker beside Roquan Smith because we all saw what happened with Danny Trevathan last year. He did. He looked like he was off a step. Some games looked very good. Other games look like he shouldn't have even been playing the way he performed. Um, But the one thing I keep going back to is that Sean Desai was there when it was good and when it was bad. And he knows the personnel, what works. And the important thing is after he was signed, it does seem that a lot of those defensive players were really happy that he has become their defensive coordinator. And if he can get... Even ten or twenty percent more out of the defense, just because he's someone that they really respect and want to play for and really work hard for. I think it, it makes all the sense in the world that he was kind of brought in as the defensive coordinator. What did you think of the higher initially, uh, Graham, when you heard that he was going to be the guy to take over from Chuck Pagano?
2: Well, um, like like you just said there, there, Kieran, You know he knows the guys. You know if you so if you can get like say twenty percent. Better having because they want to play for the guy, then then that's a really telling sign, you know. Uh, there's nothing better than being in a locker room for, with uh, a guy that you respect and who you play for. Uh, it makes you um, step up a little bit more, you know. So I think that's a good thing. Like you said, he knows the, the good, the, the bad, and what's what we've done ugly and what we've done really well. So hopefully, you know, this coming season, with, with a few additions maybe in the draft or possibly even three agencies still, I don't know who's out there, you know, I think he can um, do as good a job as, um, as Fangio, to be honest, um, because he knows the players. I don't know what I you think, think. I think that's the big
1: thing. He's been there since 2013.
2: Exactly. So, so he's, he knows, knows the what they, he
1: knows what they're there, and he is the one exciting thing about about this off season for me so far. Hopefully, I'm wrong. Hopefully, we go to four. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, but like, he is the one exciting thing for me because it's just whenever, even when he was doing his press conference, he came across really well. He was focused, he on the right things, and. It made me, and, and go back to what you said about the safeties, he knows the safeties. That's the one thing. And again, I say it again, pace has issues, a lot of issues in round ones, and maybe even round two, but definitely round one. He doesn't have a problem after that. And I think we may find one of those safeties near the end um, could find their way, because Desai will know what he wants. I think you took the words out of my mouth as well, Karen. I think Adrian Amos, who I find difficult to even say his name after what he did to me, also who he plays for. But it's like Adrian Amos... Is exactly what we need—that sort of player to make Eddie Jackson go and do what he has to do. Go follow the ball. Go sit in the box. Go don't 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 necessarily have to do a lot else because he's got confidence in, in Amos to help him out. And I think we missed that. I think uh, Harclid Licks was not the right player to go. Even though it's ironic, they went to the same college and they knew each other and they were best friends, all kind of stuff. they weren't the right fit. I think we're looking for that agent Amos, but I think in Sean Desai we have someone that will help that. The other one I will say. I think Sean decided we get the very best out of the players he has on the, on the field, which I don't think Chuck did previously. And I just think that the, the defense dialed it in a little bit near the end, which is never a good sign um, to Chuck or his, the team that was there. I just have a feeling that they won't do that this time. I, I could be wrong. Maybe I'm just on my Bears optimism hat on, but <laughs> I just have a feeling that, that they're going to perform better. I weirdly have this unreasonable expectation that I think Robert Quinn's going to surprise everybody. He surprised everyone the wrong way last year. I think he might surprise everyone the right way this year.
2: Well, I hope um, you're right because he was a bitter disappointment last year by his own admission as well.
1: I don't think he was fit. I don't
2: think he no, was possibly not. No.
1: But, but and same with Khalil Mack. I think there was... I think that's something... Eddie Jackson... Oh, look. Don't come and Eddie again. I'll start... Kieran will start giving out to you. But <laughs> I don't think necessarily they were all fit. And I think... We didn't have anyone really to set in there when these guys came out. Like we had Mingo coming in on, on rotation. Like, it, it, yeah, okay, meh, whatever. I, I just think that we need to we need to improve that. And we have to be fair for it. He's been decent on defense on deck, but I just think there's a I think the size is is my hope really.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting you mentioned about Eddie Jackson because last season was bitterly disappointing, but. Since he's like, I think probably since his time at Alabama, he's been one of my favorite safeties to watch. But again, the problem is he's never been a great tackler, and that's not what he was drafted for, and that's not what he was paid for. He was paid to be that ball hawking safety. And the problem is, unless you have someone beside him that's going to be doing that in the job box safety that allows him to be that kind of guy that can go all around the field and kind of pick up mistakes that teams make against a bears defense that when they're able to attack that's when Eddie Jackson is at his best it's no coincidence that when the bears were scoring early for with their offense in 2018 that the bears defense looked unbelievable because when the bears are winning the bears defense are in attack mode but when they were losing especially with Chuck Pagano they were way too conservative And Mm -hmm. what Mm -hmm. happened was that the likes of Eddie Jackson, and you can even put when Haha Clinton Dix was there, and you can even take last season with Deshaun Gibson, they weren't really played in the positions that they should have been or in the areas of the field. When you're expecting Eddie Jackson to come down and make a tackle when basically a guy has gotten past your linebackers within two or three seconds, he's not going to make that tackle regardless of the amount of money you pay him or regardless of if he was a first round pick or a f- fourth round pick, that's not his game. And I think it's one of those that you need to get your defense to kind of build around your best players. And right now, your best players, look, you'll be looking at Akeem Hicks if he's if he's still there, Roquan Smith, Khalil Mack and Eddie Jackson. And those are the players, you need to put them in the best positions possible for your team, even if it means – maybe one of the other positions might be a little bit weaker. Mm-hmm. You you need to put those players in the right positions. If you can do that, then you'll start to see some success. And I think that's what I expect from Sean DeSai is that he knows where these guys do well and exactly. he knows where they struggle. And that's all you need. We talk about it all the time in so many sports that the best coaches are the ones that put the players into positions when you hear the players talk about Vic Fangio is that they used to always say, well, we know what's coming. We know we're prepared. We know this. I think that's the biggest thing we didn't hear over the last couple of seasons, that what they built up in Vic Fangio, the players always said Vic always put us in position that we know that we can make plays. I didn't hear too much of that over the last couple of seasons Mm -hmm. under Chuck Pagano. and Unfortunately, I think the Bears rushed the higher for after Vic Fangio, they should have just hired from within if they were smart, yeah. and mm-hmm. not have to go from the outside. Because we look at it now, and Brandon Staley's a head coach; he would have yeah. been the obvious appointment to go straight after Vic Fangio, and you probably you probably would have still been here.
1: Yeah, and I think that's I think that's a great point, and that again sounds like you're ba- we're bashing Chopagano It seems like a nice man, but I don't think he was the right fit. I, I think that's the that's hundred percent. I think I think everybody that's a Bears fan that was watching on TV or, or couldn't be at the game, but we were finding ourselves doing really well, suddenly getting turned and long against teams, and then we just didn't seem to we seemed to let them off the hook over and over again. Mm-hmm. And I think you're you're right, Karen, and and to get your best players doing what they can do the best and then fill in everything else. And I think Agent Amos is a very good filler. I actually, thought Gibson was actually a good filler as well. To be fair to him, yeah. but I think there's, there's there's other fillers that you can have around that. I think they're trying that with a bit of free agency. There is a little bit of that that's there. I would work massively on Danny Trevaton. I just think my my fear would be high, and I may I think he may not be in the starting team by the end of the season next year. I just think that his legs are gone. Um, there is definitely a regression there. I yeah. think Roquan made up, made him look better than he actually is. I think Roquan had an absolutely insane season last year. How he didn't get into a Pro Bowl is is bonkers.
2: <laughs>
0: Crazy.
1: He he literally made Danny look a little bit better than he was because he was struggling in the first four games. Man.
0: Yeah, like that. That's the thing, and it it makes me go back to the decision to pay Danny Trevathan and not pay Nick Krakowski because. Yeah. Look, I understand why they did it. They did it because Danny Trevathan one of the leaders on the team. And that's really it, the team that they thought that he was the best player to kind of move forward. And if he had a small bit of regression, it was going to matter too much. But the problem is we've been able to see the progression very, very quickly. And it's it's one of those that you are going to have to find the partner beside Roquan if the Bears are keeping Roquan and don't mm-hmm. trade everything plus him. But look, it's, it is a really interesting <laughs> – it, it is a really interesting one because, look, we have absolutely no idea what's going to go on because we talk about all these scenarios. It's normally at this time, you're really just talking about who are the possible prospects that you'll pick out kind of the first and second round. But with the Bears this year, we don't know who's getting traded. We don't know if they're trading up. We don't know if they're trading down. We don't know who's going to still be on the team. And at this point of the season, it's actually – it's. I wouldn't say it's unnerving but it's very it must be very difficult for some of the players if they don't know themselves you look at Anthony Miller there he has no idea where he's going to be playing next season you probably have something similar for Hicks if you've been told before that you can look for a trade they're basically telling you that they don't really want you in on the team and I've always been a proponent of a year too early before a year too late and Mm -hmm. I think If you can get anything of value for Akeem Hicks, you probably do it because his prime was 2017, 2018, 2016. That's when he was really playing well. But we started to see the injuries catch up to him where we're just not seeing the same level of performance from Akeem Hicks. And at some point, look, the Bears are going to have to make decisions because they're going to have to pay Roquan soon. They're going to have to pay Bilal Nichols soon as well. So those are decisions that they have to make. And, there will be other defensive players that will go out the door as the Bears continue to try and spend more money on offense.
1: The one thing I will say is, I think Hicks massively missed Goldman.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, huge. And and Goldman was almost like the Amos to Jackson back in 18. There was that little bit of yin-yang conversation. I think if Hicks does stay and somehow, I mean, Jimmy Graham's still on the team. I mean, oh, every,
2: I about say, Jimmy yeah.
1: Graham, at the last end, at, the, at the end of the season, everyone's like, "Well, there's 10 million straight away." Jimmy Graham's gone, and he's still on the team, and so there is other other ways to solve our solve our cap space problem without Hicks. The question I think you put, forgetting about the cap side of things, is is Hicks at that level now where the hill is gone and we're heading that way? Um, a bit like Danny T. I, 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 unfortunately, I think you we might be in that point. Um, if we're looking to trade, by the way, if, if, if Nagy wants to go for number four as well, I've no problem at all trading him off as well to Atlanta if they want to keep him.
0: Uh, well, that, but that's, that's the thing. It's, it's one of those that like, if we were thinking about it before this past season and a lot of people were considering Danny Trevathan and would you want him to be a free agent or would you want to resign him? I think a lot of Bears fans would have said to resign him, but then you look yeah. at how he performed and you're seeing the regression and I guess... My biggest my biggest query is the fact that we've seen Akeem Hicks in the past two seasons get some pretty bad injuries that's kept him out or that's brought him down. And at some point when you play on the defensive line, when injuries start to catch up on you, that's when you start to see the level of performance go down. And at some point, look, the one thing I'll always say about the Bears in terms of recruit recruitment and drafting is they're very good at drafting defensive linemen. You've seen it with Roy Roberts and Harris. We've seen it with Eddie Goldman. We've seen it with Bilal Nichols. Uh, look, I know there's been one. Or, I know th- I can't remember who it was, but I remember reading a story earlier of a defensive lineman from Texas that apparently um, the Bears have met with a couple times, which obviously is very interesting because one of their offensive coaches was his head coach yep. at Texas. So things like that is it's always interesting to see when the Bears do have kind of meetings with guys from. Texas, because they have that inside scoop on kind of what they're like, and it's not so much as meeting with someone just to find out about them because they know about the player already because they have the head coach in their building. Yeah, so so I tend to think that if they're meeting with someone, it's to actually go through football and see do they actually know certain players? If we if we kind of draw this up, can they replicate it? What is their kind of understanding? What's their love of the game? So I kind of read a little bit more into that. It was the same reason that when um, we've had past coaches from from college, when we've brought in a player from their school, that it's a little bit more than trying to find out the personality. Because that's what a lot of these interviews are, is to figure out the person rather than just the player. But when you have a head coach from a team that these players have played for, you already know about the person. So now you're kind of figure. now you're trying to figure out does the player fit with our system. So that's always an interesting one as well. So I wouldn't be too worried about kind of if we got Goldman back, if you had Nichols and you have someone beside them, because you have Mario you've Mario Edwards as well that's kind of come in as well, that's played in that position at times. So look, it's gonna be it's an interesting one. In terms like you mentioned it, Anthony, the depth on the defense is actually I think it's slightly improved from last season from where we were. Um, I think the season prior it was better um, when we when we did very well. Um, but I think from from this year with the limited amount of money we spent, I think they've actually built that front seven quite well to where you can actually deal with if you do trade hicks for a fourth round pick or a fifth round pick and bring somebody in. I think it's a very po- it's a very possible scenario that can happen. Um, you never know; they might even fancy bringing Travis Gibson into the D line instead of having a linebacker, or instead of having an outside linebacker. So, there's a lot of options there at the kind of the defense on the defense. Because, look, we all know it's the strength of the team right now. But what the Bears need to do is they need to make the offense the strength, based on what the Absolutely. NFL is all about.
2: Yeah, it's an offensive league um, at the, yeah. right now. It, it is. That's the, the fact of the matter. Um, what is important, I think, is is getting round pegs in round holes. Uh, this season, because last season with the same with the defense and they yeah, having Mac dropped deep into coverage and not playing his his true position, was to get at the quarterback, like you said, that's what you pay his money for, uh, and that's where I think we've gone wrong possibly in the last hmm, probably season, a season and a half possibly. Um, so getting those um, those people in the right places um, is absolutely uh, vital to our obviously success. Um, I think Hicks as well. Uh, just touching on what you said there, Anthony, with his really slight regression possibly. You have to look at the Raiders game when they went to London, um, 2019, when he got injured. And I think after then, I think that was the start of the little bit of a decline for him. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, 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 I was there and I had my, my head in my hands. I was <laughs> yeah. so disappointed. It was Because Hicks at that, at that time, I think he was still at the height of what we saw him from the previous season and kind of had a pretty decent start. And the fact that he went out, I think it all went downhill for the defence from that time. It, it, it did, spot on, yes. And that, I, don't, I, I, don't
2: I don't think agree. they've ever
0: recovered.
1: Yeah, I took, um. took the words out of my mouth, man. took the words out of mouth. I don't think they have. And I think the confidence level that we had in 2018 with Mac and with everyone, and everything was bouncing. The guys coming off, I think Nick Krangowski, I think, is a great example of what he's gone on to do, gone on to do with, at, Vegas, at Las Vegas now. I think those guys were, like, people were getting paid. Leonard Floyd. With, we're going up for oh, Leonard Floyd. Yeah. There's I mean, that guy got paid. He's done quite well Oh, for yeah. <laughs>
2: the Rams. You, you,
1: you, look at, you look at what we were able to do in our defense, and we were a defensive team, and we were still getting close, especially in 18, with the limited offense that we did have. And I think... We're now into a situation. I think there's a lot of pressure on Aggie. I know I joked a minute ago, but there's a lot of pressure on him because he was brought in as the, the offensive guru and he was brought in as the the quarterback king and the the guy that's gonna change everything around. And and I really think that it's it's a couple of games into this before he'll get he'll uh, there'll be calls for him because he's gotta get he's gotta hit the ground running, he's gotta really, really make impacts. I think that's what you're that's why I think they will go uh offensive tackle wide receiver if they can't get my guy at four because they they just have to try and show something on offense I think Bears fans will almost accept losing games if we've got an offense that looks decent uh,
0: yeah. because
1: we haven't had it in a long time
0: yeah I love that I've got you on the trade up for four Anthony it's that train is, it's it's all in um, I four I, I guess the question that I want to kind of end on here is kind of what you just mentioned there Anthony with bringing in Matt Nagy that he's supposed to be this offensive group guru and since he's been here, the Bears have not selected a quarterback, Graham. So do you think that, with it being as it's been reported that it's Matt Nagy's last season, I don't believe it. I think that him and Pace have gotten contract extensions and they don't want to say anything. But let's just assume that they haven't. Do you think that it's uh, it's an absolute necessity then for them to actually select a quarterback at some stage in the draft? Because Not just because... They need to kind of improve in the position, but they need to actually give your offensive coach the chance to develop a quarterback that he has selected.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Like I say, um, he's he's not really had a chance to. Uh, was Trubisky Nagy's guy, or was it was it Paces? That was that was Paces because Nagy yeah. was still at the
0: Chiefs at the time. That's
2: right. He was it um, was ballsing up the uh, the Chiefs last game, wasn't he? So, uh, I to Mahomes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah train Mahomes all day.
2: Um, Like I say, he's on the the hot seat. Like you say, he's he's got a lot of pressure there uh, to actually succeed. But the the schedule that we've got this season coming up is horrendous, you know. You look at it and you you think, where are you going to get five, six wins from? So, for me, you've got to go all in. Either get that number four spot and go all in. Or you've got to look to the future where you're building – for the uh, the, uh, the offensive line and, and the wide receivers, et cetera. So, uh, Nike, Nike Pace, I do believe, have got an extension because the Andy Dalton thing, that leads me to think that they might have the extension where they could maybe use him as a bridge quarterback this year and see how we get on. And then next year, the following season in the draft, depending on how many games we win this season, uh, maybe select quite high and get the guy that we actually want.
0: Yeah, it's, that's interesting. Again, um... In terms of that same question, Anthony, I'll finish this with you now, is do you think that it's, like I said, it's important that the Bears actually select a quarterback? Because, look, you brought in this offensive coach that you wanted to improve Trubisky. Look, we've seen the flaws that Trubisky had, but I think it is doing the coach a disservice that you haven't selected one. I know there was rumours that the Bears were the only other team that met with Gardner Minshew, but again, they still didn't draft him. We didn't see them draft anybody last season when we all knew that it was the perfect chance for you to draft somebody after Trubisky because he wasn't going to be guaranteed to start. and You wouldn't have had much pressure on a rookie coming in, even if it was a fourth or a fifth or a sixth round pick. Um, So do you think that even if they can't move up in the draft, it's actually really vital that at some point in the draft, they do select some quarterback that Matt Nagy can try and build with, especially if we say he's probably not gone at the end of the season.
1: Why not? And what's the what's the, loo- what's the lose on this Like, What is the loss on this to anybody? I mean, quarterback is such an important position, but there's so many examples in history of the NFL of, of quarterbacks who, are, who were picked later in rounds and no one ever talked about them at the time who went on to be absolute superstars. And um, If I'm right, Russell Wilson wasn't a high pick, was he? That was I don't think he's that's a fifth round, was he? Yeah,
0: he was or fourth round. Third or fourth.
1: And, and Dak Prescott as well. I mean, there's there's yeah. quite a few examples of, of guys who haven't done that. So look, it's a it's a bit of a dart. It's a bit a bit of a bit of a hope, and let's pray that it hits the hits the right mark. But we have to try, man. We have to give it a shot. Look, whether that's Man, whether that's Trask, whether that's Mills, whether that's anyone like that, or even later on, keep going, keep going, and see what you get. What have you got to lose? Um, and then give him to Nagy and go, right, what can you do with him? Um, I think Bears, need to have, Bears fans need to have that viewpoint of, oh, we've got to have something to hope for and look for. Um, and I just think that if we don't go quarterback again, um, like I, I, I'm with you, I think Nagy and Pace have got another year in their contract, but that doesn't mean they might be safe. I mean, Yeah, that's yeah, true. We, we, win, we win four or five games, I think the pressure on Hallis Hall will be way too much for them to stick around, um, especially with, with the cap opportunity that's coming in the next year or two. Um, I think they're, they're... I can't see, as as Graham and Karen both said, I don't know where five or six... Even if we had Russell Wilson, I don't know where five or six wins, go, six, seven wins come from. It's, it's, it's an interesting, interesting
0: one because I do agree with you that, yes, if the Bears lose whatever it is, 10, 11, 12 games... There is the possibility that I think that they get fired in a normal season. I think they would, but what I'm saying is, if the bear, I think the, this is the reason why I'm still it in my head that I think the Bears do want to go up and get a quarterback because the easiest way to sell your future is by selecting your franchise quarterback. If the Chiefs went six and ten in that season with Alex Smith. And they, but they were convinced that Patrick Mahomes was Patrick Mahomes that we've seen now. I don't think Andy Reid gets fired. I think it's, let's just wait for the young kid to get a chance and move ahead. And I think the same thing could be asked if the fact is, I don't think that George McCaskey will allow Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy to spend all this draft capital if in a year he's just going to fire them. And that's the difference. I think if you don't see the Bears make an attempt to go up and they don't make an attempt to kind of make a big trade. show the ambition. I mean, by the way. Yeah. I, I I think that's when you probably say, okay, maybe they're on a they're on a little bit of the hot seat that a lot of people have said.
1: And then sorry man, and then that's the point. If they go up to four, I'm with you all day, they're gonna get a long term contract and they're gonna be sticking around for at least another 12, 24 months, even if they win no games next season. The problem I see them have is if they go O-line at 20 and they go wide receiver at 52, right? And then they lose 3 and 13, or whatever the number is now 3 and 14, or five. It. Well, they're gone. Whatever yeah. not, it's not, I think that's and that is why I am convinced they're going to be offering Mooney, Roquan, Mac and 75 first round picks that they could possibly <laughs> just to get this guy at four because it keeps them in a job no matter what happens.
0: Yeah, I, I think very selfish uh, of them, though, to be fair. Yeah, I, th- I think the only thing is the one player, and it's very funny that I think the ownership probably wouldn't even let them do, is probably Mooney because it's the one player that George McCaskey actually spoke about in his first conference. <laughs> yes. So it's one of those that I think that that's probably one that he <laughs> says no. And it's it's, a, it's amazing. But look, like if you think about it, I, I don't know, I, I know Atlanta's cap situation probably isn't the best, but they could probably work around it. But if you were offering... look, if you're offering three first round picks of Roquan Smith, I think they'd be stupid enough not to, they'd be stupid not to do it because I think having a first round pick this season at 20 and having Roquan Smith is probably better than whatever you can select that for in terms of a position player, because I don't, I still don't believe that Atlanta Falcons are going to pick a quarterback when they're paying Matt Ryan 42 million this year, so it's a Look, it's a it's a very interesting debate and look we we still have what two and a half weeks left until the draft, so we will be talking about all this again. um I' really really thankful that both of you are here with me today. Thanks for joining us today, Graham and. I, I will see you again on Friday. Again, we have another live show on Friday. It'll be eight o'clock Irish time on Friday. So that's two o'clock in Chicago. Um, it'll be myself, Anthony, and Aaron Lemming will be joining us to talk about the draft, some kind of draft gems, both in offense, defense. We'll continue with the quarterback conversation, obviously, um, now. Can, to, we, can, we,
1: can we get Aaron to go at number four as well? Can we turn yeah. him? Oh,
0: that yeah, yeah c- convincing <laughs> more, more and more Bears fans. Look, you're seeing with all the pictures of Matt Nagy being at the Pro Day for um, Justin Fields today. I think Bears fans all over Twitter are going a little bit crazy again, so... Look, I think, I think we all know what the fans want to do, but trying to get there is a little bit more difficult. Yeah. So, again, sure is. next time we will be talking about kind of maybe some of the other options further down in the quarterback position, what can the Bears do if one of the players fall. So make sure you join us on Friday at 8 o'clock live Irish time, 2 o'clock uh, Chicago time. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. We have our audio version built on kind of we have it on Spotify. We have Anchor, Google Podcasts. We're on Instagram, TikTok, all the all the social media platforms that any of you can kind of find us on. Make sure you follow us on Twitter as well. Again, it's Irish Bear Shows. And we will be back next time. Thanks for joining me today, guys. Cheers, Thanks, guys. So much.
2: Cheers, everyone. Take care.